The Mother Movement would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast was recorded, the Yorta Yorta and Darawal Nations, and pay our respect to Elders both past and present. Hello and welcome to The Mother Movement. This is a podcast by Mums for Mums, where we dive deep into the incredible world of motherhood. As mothers ourselves and passionate health professionals, we understand the unique challenges and joys that come with raising children. Each week, we'll bring you captivating discussions with experts in the field of motherhood. So, no matter where you find yourself on this beautiful, sometimes bumpy road, remember that you are never alone on this journey. Together, let's dive in and celebrate each other as we navigate the joys and challenges of motherhood. Hello, and welcome to the Mother Movement Podcast. I'm Bree, a physiotherapist, and today we're going to talk about abdominal separation. You might know this as DRAM or diastasis recti. There's lots of different names for it, but effectively we're talking about the condition of pregnancy and the postnatal period where you get some separation between the abdominal muscles and notice a bit of a gap. What we're going to talk about is exactly what it is, the signs you might see during pregnancy, strategies that you can implement to help during pregnancy, and then what you would do postpartum to reduce the abdominal separation. We also will have a little bit of a chat about surgery and what that might look like and when to get it. So I hope you find this helpful. Firstly, what is abdominal separation? So abdominal separation is widening of the abdominal muscles and the actual muscles themselves. It's really important to note they don't actually separate or tear or anything like that. What happens is you have a connective tissue, like a sheath that keeps the muscles together and that stretches during pregnancy. So They're already separate, the two muscles, but the sheath in between them is what stretches as your belly gets bigger. And that means that the muscles move further apart. And then you notice a gap between them in the middle. Some people have a gap already naturally. So anything less than 1.5 centimeters is really normal for people who have never had a baby. And then after you've had a baby, anything below two centimeters is normal. And above two centimeters is when we're looking to implement some strategies to try and get it to come back together or at least to improve the function of the muscles. So it starts around the second trimester and we do know that around 66% of pregnant women will have some separation. And there's also a really good correlation that if you are starting to get separation during the second trimester, you're likely to have a more significant separation postnatally. So that doesn't mean it's going to be huge or anything like that, but it just means that it's going to be more than that two centimeter widening that we're probably going to need to implement some strategies for postnatally. We look at, as a practitioner, we look at both the depth and the distance. So some people's will be not too wide, but really quite deep. So when they put their hands in, they can kind of push right down deep or others, it might be wider, but not so deep. So we're looking at both those factors because we're really looking at how it affects function. We also know that is centered around the belly button often, not always, but often. So it can be anywhere along that midline of the stomach, but yeah, it's usually centered around the belly button, but we always assess above and below just in case. So four centimeters above and four centimeters below and just see some people might have it kind of on the belly button and below some people on the belly button and above, and some might not even have it on the belly button. What we do want to check though, is that it's not a hernia. So that just has its own risk factors as well. So that's why it's really important. If you're noticing separation, it's worthwhile getting it looked at and assessed by a practitioner. The signs you might notice during pregnancy is you might notice a thing called doming. So if you do a little sit up, which again, we don't want to be exercising on our back after first trimester, 
But if you're going to do a little sit up or anything similar to that, you might notice a bit of a dome in the middle of your belly. So a little lump or ridge. That's what we consider doming. And that's just a little bit of a flag to us to go, okay, there might be a little bit of separation occurring. We also don't really want that doming to occur. So if you're doing an exercise where that doming is there, try and reduce that during pregnancy just so that we're not putting more pressure on that, what we call the linear alba, so that connective tissue in the middle, and we're not going to get it to stretch any further. The risk factors. So if you're someone that has these risk factors, again, that might be a little flag that you might get a bit of abdominal separation. So obesity, weak abdominal muscles. So if you haven't really done much core work, having multiple babies. So that doesn't mean multiple in a row. It means multiple at once. So like twins, triplets, a big baby. This one's a really funny one because like, what is a big baby? And that's something I talk about a lot, but it is something that frustrates me because a five foot woman having a four kilo baby with, you know, if it's a woman with really petite hips, that's going to be really different to someone like me who has wider hips. I'm 176 centimeters. If I have a four kilo baby, that's going to be a very different kind of impact on me as a woman and on things like abdominal separation. So anyway, big baby is technically a risk factor, but yeah, take that with a grain of salt compared to how your baby is sitting compared to you. And then a condition called polyhydraminos, which I'm sure I said that wrong, but it's when you get lots of fluid throughout your stomach. So when you've got increased fluid around your baby, anything that's going to make those abdominal muscles stretch wider, that's what's going to cause a greater separation. So we also know that why would we be worried about separation? Why is there a reason we'd want to do something about it? There are some conditions that we believe abdominal separation contributes to. We, I will say as well, the evidence, there's some for and some against. So I'm not going to say 100%, but these are some of the conditions that we do think abdominal separation plays a role in. So things like back pain, pelvic pain, urinary incontinence, prolapse, abdominal pain, and muscle weakness. So with all those factors in mind, that's a reason we want to kind of get on top of the abdominal separation early. Another thing that's really worth noting is actually clinically the biggest issue for women is cosmetic issues. So that's the number one complaint is that it looks different. In terms of looking different, there's a few things you might notice. So often women will get that kind of appearance like their skin's a little bit more stretched. You might notice a bit of a kind of like an indent on the belly button. So women will get this kind of round indenty hole type look around the belly button. Some women will get almost like a bulge under their belly button. So it'll look like they're just a few months pregnant under their belly button. It doesn't seem to be recovering. That is another thing. As you can imagine, this can be quite concerning for women. And some women don't care at all, which is completely fine. And then some women really, really are quite worried about it, which is also completely fine. So regardless of why it might be affecting women, there's some strategies we can do in pregnancy and postnatally to try and reduce abdominal separation and help it recover or at least help you recover functionally as well so that you can feel a little bit better. So firstly, during pregnancy, as I said before, we want to avoid the doming during exercises. So getting that ridge in the middle of the belly. Another thing is avoiding opening exercises. So things like bridges where you're lifting up your hips and opening through your belly, not that likely you'd be doing them because we're not exercising on our back after the first trimester. But if you are, those kind of exercises need to be avoided. The other thing is things like lunges where you're really arching through your stomach and leaning back for more of a stretch. That's one thing that would be avoided. Then you've got some factors that can help. So during pregnancy, we know there's really good evidence postnatally that incorporating things like diaphragmatic breathing, 
pelvic floor exercises, and a really good core connection, that all helps reduce abdominal separation. So we might as well get started with those during pregnancy. So those would be kind of the things you can do during pregnancy. And the other key factor is wearing a really good pregnancy compression garment. The key elements to look for both in pregnancy and postpartum when buying a compression garment is it needs to be firm fitting and come up nice and high to just under your bra line. I'm often asked what my favorite brand is. At the moment, I'm loving the Mama Movement maternity leggings and shorts. Mama Movement has all the functionality that you need and it also comes in such vibrant colors. They have matching nursing crops so you can wear them as a set. Not to mention they are made out of recycled fabrics and they have pockets. Mama Movement has been super kind to sponsor this episode and provide you all with a discount code. So use the code MMPODCAST10 for 10% off your first purchase. So that's during pregnancy and then postpartum, much the same. So in regards to compression, you can start wearing them day one in the hospital and you'll probably find them really comfortable. So the key thing with postpartum compression is that I would be wearing it as much as possible, except for when you're sleeping at nighttime. You really want to put either the shorts or the long pants on and then just wear an open button-up shirt on the top. You can kind of have your feeding bar on, your postpartum compression shorts and a button-up shirt on the top. And that can be your postpartum outfit for kind of the first 10 weeks or so. And it'll help with A, if you're breastfeeding, you can open up through the button-up shirt, unclip your bra, particularly if it's in a maternity type feeding bra, feed the baby, you've got your compression on. That would be my main advice. Sometimes in the hospital, you'll get offered a tubi grip. And some physios really love tubi grip. I do not. I think they are just really uncomfortable. They roll up and roll down. Obviously, as a low budget option, yeah, they're fantastic. And if you're not someone who can purchase compression shorts or pants, then I think they're a really good option that the hospital can give you, if not for free, for a very low cost. But I do think they're a lot more annoying and not as great. Like they roll up and roll down, so they're not covering the whole area. They're really not my preference. Other strategies for postpartum. So there was a study in 2019. It looked at normal abdominal exercises. So just general, you know, crunches and things like that compared to a specific program that does deep core strengthening. So looking at the kind of deeper core muscles, your pelvic floor muscles, getting that real connection between diaphragmatic breathing and the core. And then it looked at how those two groups, so your normal exercise group versus that real kind of core strengthening, stabilizing group. And it found that there was a really good reduction in abdominal separation in the deep core group. Also an improvement in quality of life in the deep core group. So that not only shows that they were effective with the separation, but they've actually been effective at addressing it so much so that those problems that the women had beforehand were not causing as much trouble for them now. So that's a really key thing. So I think that's really important and things you can start really, really early on in that postpartum period. You can start your diaphragmatic breathing. You can start pelvic floor exercises. And I'm talking week one, you can start all of this regardless of whether you've had a cesarean or vaginal birth. You can start deep core exercises. So they ideally are guided by a physiotherapist and vaginal birth, you can start deep core exercises week one. If you've had a cesarean birth, I'd be waiting till about week two or three. And again, really guided exercises. So you wouldn't just want to be going rogue with those exercises. And this is not meant to be an advertisement, but just Revive and Thrive postpartum program. You do have, it's broken down week by week for vaginal and cesarean birth. In those core exercises, we go through diaphragmatic breathing, pelvic floor exercises for each week. So that can be a really good way to start with week one for the exercises. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was surgery. So 
And some women will progress on to getting surgery. So if you found you've really tried everything and one key factor with surgery is that you're not having any more babies. So if you're planning on having any more babies, it's not recommended at all, particularly some surgeons are still using mesh, um, which is okay in the abdominal wall as far as I'm aware. But again, that's really important to talk about because we have had a lot of cases come up using mesh in the vaginal repairs. So please, please, please look into it if that's something you're considering. But yes, the abdominal separation surgery should never happen if you're planning on having another baby. And it can be done through all different kinds of surgery. It can be open, laparoscopic, mesh, no mesh. So yes, please research the kind of surgery and of course, talk to all your specialists about what would be best for you. But there is evidence that if you've tried everything else and you're still not happy with your recovery, surgery can be an option that can be efficient. And according to the evidence, it is quite a safe procedure as well. Again, obviously, it's really important to look at your own individual risk factors and talk to your own care providers about this. That's kind of where the literature stands with abdominal separation. I'm sorry that was a lot in almost a 15-minute window, but I hope you found that helpful and I hope it's at least kind of prompted you to ask some questions and have a think about some of the things that you could be starting either during pregnancy or postnatally in regards to abdominal separation and some of the things that can help. So... Have a great week, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. For a wealth of free resources, visit our website, themothermovement.com. And if you're seeking even more support and expert insights, join our postpartum package with more than 40 videos from health professionals and a supportive community of like-minded mothers. Together, we can navigate the postpartum journey with confidence. This is The Mother Movement. Mm -hmm.